eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Fitz. And if you don't know who I am, here's a quick bio. Veteran sports journalist who writes, does TV, radio, and is a longtime podcaster. Also, I have stage four prostate cancer, so my doctors advise me to stay home during these COVID-19 concerns. So what am I doing with my time? I'm calling some of the many friends, athletes, coaches, and colleagues who have been part of my life during more than 30 years in journalism. Oh, and I'm hitting the record button. Welcome to my life and the Life of Fitz podcast. I began covering Kansas State Athletics on a full-time professional basis in 1995. Of course, I had been reporting on K-State sports since my days as a collegiate journalist in the mid-1980s. But the Wildcats became my sole focus in 95. That football season, the K-State roster featured an undersized freshman defensive end from Emporia with a memorable name, Joe Bob Clements. Clements rose through the roster, proving to be a consummate Bill Snyder player. He milked everything out of his abilities through hard work and fundamentals. By the time we launched our own company in 1998, Clements was a starting defensive end for probably the greatest team in school history. The 1998 Wildcats flew through the season unbeaten and near the top of the rankings and headed towards a national title game. But as any K-State fan can tell you, the Cats crashed to earth late in the Big 12 championship. But one of the players who was the heart and soul of those Wildcats was Joe Bob Clements. After completing his playing days, Clements launched right into coaching, paying his dues as an unpaid assistant coach for four years, and then sliding on to the full-time staff in Manhattan in 2003 as part of the school's Big 12 title team. Clements was off and running with his career. Being around for Snyder's first retirement after the 2005 season, returning to Manhattan in 2009 to rejoin Snyder's new staff, and then shocking the K-State world by jumping to Oklahoma State prior to the 2013 season, where he still tutors Coach Mike Gundy's defensive line in Stillwater. In other words, Joe Bob and I go way back to when I was just finding my way in an emerging school-specific magazine website world, and he was playing and coaching at K-State. And now it's time to reconnect with my old buddy, Joe Bob Clements in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Tammy there. Yeah, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about you? Good to hear your voice. Absolutely. It's been a long time. I know it has. I know you keep in touch with mutual acquaintances, but we haven't spoken in, well, probably since the day you departed coaching for the second time at Kansas State. And honestly, yeah. honestly, with coaches' rules, not letting us talk to assistant coaches, I'm not sure how much we actually talk then. Well, usually it's so long, that's about it. <laughs> I know. I know. That was about it. God, do I miss that place. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. It's still there, ain't it? Oh, yeah. It's still here. It's uh, it's one of the restaurants that's currently closed again because um, football players got back in town and the infection rate skyrocketed yeah. around this uh, it's, it's It's a mess. Let's just start there. I don't know how we're going to play football. I don't know how we're going to keep enough guys healthy and enough staff healthy and, and uh, put a team out there for anyone. It's uh, I don't know. I mean, they're going to come sort of some sort of decision here pretty soon. I would think. I mean, the, the, it seems like 
since listening to media, which is tough to do some days, is you know the, it's gaining momentum to push to the spring. Yes, I read more and more about that today. People tweeting that out in favor of that. So, well, I'm in favor of that over nothing. I'll tell you that. Uh, oh, I think, yeah, we got to play something. You can't. I mean, that, to, to me, college football is is. I mean, one, you, you got to play it, and two, I just don't think it is. I just don't think you can. You got to have fans. You got to have fans in the stands. Yeah, I agree. You got to have fans in the stands. So I think it, it is. If you step back and look at sports, college football and college basketball are the sports with the fans intertwined the most into the culture. I mean, it's not just about the game. It's about the whole experience of the day. And I just can't imagine doing it. You can do baseball. I mean, it won't be the same if they they play baseball. Um, But you can do it without fans. You can. I don't know if they can financially go without fans. <laughs> I didn't true. realize that most of the most of their revenue comes from ticket sales and concessions and everything like that, which makes sense. You're spending twelve dollars on a beer, so that's probably how they're making most of their money. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money when I go to the ballpark. Yeah. I uh, I saw the Washington Nationals you know, GM Mike Rizzo said, you know, with three day turnaround on testing, I don't know how it's possible to even make this work. And I agree. I thought. And I was just talking today with someone about remember Kirk Herbstreet said we're not going to play college football. That was the end of March. We're 10 weeks down the road, and really not much has changed. I, I thought we'd have better testing by now. I thought we'd have a day turnaround, if not a 15-minute turnaround. And lo and behold, we don't have anything. Well, we're getting ours in a day. You are. Uh-huh. That's nice. Must, Stillwater must be more scientifically advanced in Manhattan nowadays. Now, it's not that nose thing. And hell, my daughter, she got tested for just the other day in Emporia. Um, she got hers in a day. Okay. Are you doing – is it saliva? What are you doing? Uh, saliva down here, throat swab. Yeah. And then my daughter had the nose one where they stuck that Q-tip up into her brain. Yeah, that – that sounds like the worst thing ever. Well, she says it was a, she says it's a pretty horrible experience. I don't know. They got to figure something out. They just I really thought we'd have, you know, 15 minute, half hour, hour turnaround, something fairly quick like a pregnancy test basically, you know, you yeah. you find out right away and I just assumed we'd have it and before a football game about 5 hours out, both teams would get tested and off we go, but no, we're not even close to that. Now, I don't know what we'll do. I'm assuming there's people a lot smarter than me talking about it. Thank goodness that uh, you and I are in charge of this. We would... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we'd be in really big trouble. So how are things, man? How's the family? Doing good. Doing good. Just growing. You know, my, my oldest is in college now. She plays volleyball in Portia State. Um, easy. Uh, my oldest boy is going into his junior year. Now he's just hoping to have his football season. Um, my second daughter's going into her uh, sophomore year. She's just hoping to have her volleyball season. And then my youngest boy is going to be in middle school in sixth grade. So that's crazy. It's crazy. Growing all over the place. I, you know, nothing makes me feel older than when I talk to a guy who I covered playing college sports, talking about his his daughter now playing college sports. That puts yeah, it all turns, in perspective for me. She turns she turns twenty next week. Good lord, good lord. Yeah, it uh, it's been incredible. I mean, you, you finished up playing what ninety eight. Uh, 98, yeah. Uh, and uh, I won't, I, we don't need to talk about that if you don't want to. <laughs> Still, my, one of my favorite, most certainly the most painful covers of Power Kid Illustrated we ever did was the one of you uh-huh. after the game. But Yeah, uh, I still have those pictures. My kids dig them out every now and then. Just to keep you in check? Yep. Yeah. yeah Dad didn't know everything, did he? Um, uh-uh. Yeah, it's... Uh, but you launched right into coaching. Did you know this is exactly what you wanted to do? Uh, not entirely, no. Um, I'll be honest with you, I was probably a little bit lost out of out of college, yeah. knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I, I think really probably the way that season ended might have propelled me into it more than anything. I just wasn't ready to give up football. Mm-hmm. Uh, knew the plan wasn't in the cards. Knew I, knew I wasn't going to have a much of a shot, if any, at uh, professionally, and I just wasn't ready to walk away from it yet. And so. I agreed to work 100 hours a week for next to no money and 
<laughs> and endure Coach Snyder for a little while longer. Yeah, that, uh, that yeah, not getting paid and working that kind of hours for Coach Snyder. Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of indentured servitude, isn't it? You're just going to work it off. But, but I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything. No, I would much, no. I'd much rather do it the way I've done it and start out that way than uh, and then potentially go back go back and do it that way right now. Yeah, but it's easy to talk about Coach Snyder and remember how hard everyone had to work, but just the the amount you guys learned under him just can't be replaced. It just can't no, be replaced. No, irreplaceable. Yeah. I mean, what what are some of the things that you find yourself doing now and you're like, oh, that's straight Coach Snyder right there? Oh, uh, attention to detail. Um, not accepting no for an answer. You know, uh, just because you dig a little bit deep and you, and, you, and you run into some bedrock, there's no sense to quit digging. You can get through it. Just got to find a way. Um I'm learning. I'm learning to be more patient with players. Um, wasn't that wasn't that way in my younger years? And uh, just it, just every day, something kind of pops up. Going, gosh dang it, that's exactly what Bill Snyder would do or say or do something <laughs> like that. Now, unlike him, I do have hobbies. I do like to fish. I do like to hunt. I do like to golf on occasion. So I, I try to enjoy my life. I always joke that if he ever uh, had to pick up a hobby, he'd build the world's greatest birdhouses. <laughs> it would be flawless. I mean, he'd throw away 10000 to get that one, but it would uh-huh. be amazing. It would be amazing. Get that one perfect one. And, and during that three-year span when he uh, was retired the first time, when he tried to golf, I'm like, that is the worst sport to pick, Coach. Because there is no perfection in that. There's not even close to it. It's just no. You got to be satisfied with failure. Yeah, that's not him. No, no, I couldn't believe it. Well, as a fisherman, you've had plenty of time. How weird has this been to have all this time? It, it's it's been weird, but it, but it's like you're 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 not at, at the office, but you're still working. Yeah. I mean, I I probably had more meetings during this time of year with my players than combined during this time of year you know normally we're on recruiting then we're on vacation um and so you don't see them for a little while but you know when this we, i had more of these damn zoom meetings than i ever want to have again you know i'll have one tomorrow uh, and i've probably evaluated more recruits than i've ever evaluated this time of year i mean i'm, I'm starting to look at 2023 guys and i just gotta slap myself that's crazy you shouldn't be looking at a kid this young oh give, give him a couple years um, but it's just, it, it's so th- yes, we've had more time to do stuff, but we're still staying busy. The challenge is to make sure you're making the most of your time that it's actually productive All right. and, and not, and not detrimental. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I bet you the players just love having zoom meetings with their coaches. That's probably fun. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they got some adjectives they've used and love's not one of them. <laughs> At that age, I know I, if I wasn't under the thumb of uh, being on campus and having a structure in which to operate, I would have been in trouble. And I, I get it. I, I get that this time, certainly when they were in school in the spring, was really challenging for everyone. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying to provide as much structure as we possibly can, um, just to get them in a routine. So they're, you know, we got voluntary workouts going on right now. So they're getting up and going too. And then um, we'll have afternoon Zoom meetings. You lost your camps too, didn't you? Like everyone else. Yeah, no summer camps. How bad? How does that hurt recruiting? I, you know, I look at programs like Texas and Oklahoma, and I think uh, they're fine. You know, they sure they would like to have camps, but they're not getting into the weeds of this quite the way programs like Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Iowa State go. Kind of turn over rocks and find players and camps. Are well, huge. the way recruiting's gone, everything's sped up so much. So yeah. really, all the guys that we're targeting for this next class. Um, that is basically the work that we've done previous. You know, those, those are the guys we had in camp last summer. Those are the guys we wouldn't watch this past fall. Um, now, it hurt not being able to go out this spring because um, there's, you know, I had a whole other list of guys I wanted to see um, that, that I didn't get to. Uh, but this next class, this this fall, I guess it be the 2022 class, That that's, that's the one where this year probably is going to affect the most. Because I had a big list of 2022 guys I wanted to go see this spring. Big list of 2022 guys I wanted to to get in here and to go to camp. And we didn't have any of that. 
Yeah. So, so we're probably not going to see we're probably not going to see the, the the negative effect until Friday that, that next class. Man, there's just the the domino effect of trying to play in the spring. If that's what we end up with, um, you don't really have another off season. You probably injuries will pile up. It's just crazy to think of all the the things that are taking place on down the road that we'll feel for years. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's going to take a while to get out of this. Well, let's go back. Uh, you were on the staff for Coach Snyder in 03, 04, 05, after your student assistant and grad assistant. You were in those roles for four years? Roughly? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, you're crazy. Four years exactly. Yeah, I think I, I think I don't know what my title was. I think it's a student assistant one year, maybe administrative assistant a second year, then a graduate assistant for two years. Yeah, now they got fancy titles. Now you can be, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now they're called analysis and quality yeah. control, and they get paid real money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I got a training table meal. That's uh, yeah. That was that was horrible back then too. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, what what are your memories? I mean, O three had to be a great season. Your first season as a full time on the field coach, and boom, you you are part of a team accomplishing something that honestly you fell short of. It was it was it was awesome, you know, because that year started out rough. Yeah, uh, I think we lost to Marshall, maybe. Mm-hmm. I know we lost to, to Texas and Oklahoma State. Um, you know, we, we were we were we were down there early in the season, and those kids just kind of rebounded, uh, took it one game at a time, and hell, before you know it, we win that last game. I can't remember who was against you know, Nebraska, Missouri, it was Missouri, yeah. uh, we're, and all of a sudden we're in the Big Twelve championship. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, that and was such then a good no one, team. No, no, one, no one gave us a chance to win that game, and that was the greatest team that Oklahoma had ever had, uh, according to a lot of experts. And then all of a sudden we win that game. It was, it was a magical year. As a first-time, full-time coach, I'm like, well, hell, this is easy. This is fun. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then comes 04 and 05, and you get humbled really quick. Yeah, I would, those were such strange years. And, you know, it's unlike any other teams that Coach Snyder had, maybe up until – um, 18, his last last team here at Kansas mm-hmm. State. And then it ended. How suddenly was it for you as a coach? I mean, it just kind of like it's over and coach is retiring. It just was so sudden it for was, all of us. It was a Monday uh, before that uh, that week we were playing Missouri. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, it, uh, it's amazing. I mean, it, it, it was just so sudden. I, I've told people that kind of taught you a lesson that you you can't get too comfortable. And when you left the second time, you were, you know, you were looking out long term longevity. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I was I was stunned how long he stayed the second time. Ten, I never imagined when he came back it'd be ten years. Never once did I stop think ten years. I'll be honest with you. I was I wasn't I wasn't surprised um, that he stayed that long. But I was shocked that he stayed that long. That makes any sense. It does. That's exactly how I'd explain it. It doesn't make sense. But when you stop and think about who the man is, he wasn't going to stop. He wasn't going to stop. No. No. Nope. No, he's, he's about as driven as any human being has ever been driven. So Yeah. And, and again, this is what he does. Mm-hmm. This is what he does. And um, But in all of a sudden you're – Unemployed, you end up at San Diego State, I, buddy. I got to admit, there's worse places to land. And so <laughs> that sunshine's expensive, though. <laughs> I, oh, I bet, I bet. Uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, poor guy had to go to San Diego, uh, but yeah, awfully expensive. But uh, and then you go back to Kansas. Do you feel like in those three years, though, um, it really became a profession, a career? This is what you do to, to perpetuate. And your, you know, your coaching career. You go someplace and you struggle with even getting paid fairly well, but not well enough for the environment in San Diego. And then you come back and you coach for the team that's been your arch rival for as long as you can remember. It's a business now. It's it's truly a business. You're not at your alma mater. This is your career. No, that's exactly how it felt. Uh, my decision making process uh, completely changed after that. It, it is. It is. What do I need to do to do my job to the very best of my ability? And then when faced with the decision, how's it going to affect my career? How's it going to affect my family? And ever since then, we've based all of our decisions on that. Uh, obviously, leaving San Diego State and going to University of Kansas professionally was a better move. You're going from a mid-major to a to a Power Five school, uh, and and personally, it was um, 
much better to be back in the Midwest, especially in Kansas. And and for me, raising my kids out in California, nothing wrong with California, just that's not where I'm from, not what I'm accustomed to. Right. Uh, and then ever since then, we just that's how we've made our decisions uh, from leaving uh, KU to go to K State. Um, I felt like the stability would be there, uh, a more so than what was going on at KU at that time. Uh, and then leaving uh, K State to come to Oklahoma State. I thought it'd just provide some opportunities and maybe uh, enjoy some other aspects of life um, and still be able to coach and, and compete at a high level on a football team. And, and still draw a circle where you're remarkably close to your hometown of Emporia. It's kind of incredible how you've been at three stops at a major college conference and and been close to family and friends the whole time. It's incredible. I've been I've been lucky in that manner. I've been lucky, and and, and there's a reason I've had other opportunities to to go other places, and 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 part of those the proximity to my family and friends has has played a role in. Um, uh, not taking some of those opportunities. Um, I think as I've gotten older, I've learned that, that obviously finance, finances are important, but they aren't everything. And just because someone's going to give you a couple bucks more doesn't mean you should take, definitely, definitely jump on that job. And um, uh, prestige is, is, is you know, that's in the eye of the beholder. I mean, just because you're at a university that might be a little flashier than the one I work out doesn't mean that's going to be the best fit for me. Right. Um you know, it's about comfort and being around the, the, the people that you're surrounded by. So, you know, it's uh, I've been fortunate. Uh, some of that's been, been luck. Some of that's been personal choices. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I imagine you've had some tempting offers. seems like people are throwing some money around nowadays in this profession. It's kind of incredible but, uh, how the numbers have risen. And, you know, good for you. You paid your dues. I mean. Yeah. Um, but I imagine you re- you really do want to be a coordinator, and that opportunity hasn't really popped up yet. It has not. Um, I think part of that has to do with the, there's not a lot of defensive line coordinators out there, um, right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, if, if if I do get the opportunity and it does present itself, I'll, I'll be excited and I'll grab it um, with both hands and try to do the best I can. Um, but if it, if it doesn't, then I'm, I'm content that the – uh, I've had a good career and hopefully it's going to be, uh, needs to be <laughs> longer than what it has to, uh, has been. Um, and if it never happens, it never happens. Um, you know, just, it's, it's one of those deals. Those, those aren't decisions that, uh, I can't hire myself to be a coordinator. Yeah. Somebody has to hire me. So, um, what is it about not having D line coordinators? I understand linebacker coaches and safety coaches kind of feel like connective tissue, but if you're coaching on a major college defense, you, you understand defensive football. I mean, you can call schemes. I, I don't quite get the psyche of that. I know you're you, the guy who followed you at Kansas state, Blake Seidler yeah. backed up to linebacker and, um, that worked for him, but I guess I don't understand the football psychosis that prevents someone like you from being a coordinator just because you're a DN coach. It doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's. I mean, it's. If you're a DB coach, then then it's just understood that you understand coverages. If you're a D line coach, then it's just not a given that you understand coverages and schematics and things. Um, and it's just perception. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make it wrong, doesn't make it right, but it is reality. Would you like me to write a tersely worded letter for you on your behalf that you should? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do that. I'll do that for you. I'll throw in a couple dammits. I'll, I'll even go uh-huh. that far for you. Uh, you know, it's a, another thing that's amazing about you is you have found job security in a profession without job security. You know, you you worked for a coach who seemingly would never retire once he'd done it once. uh, And now you're with a coach that um, is kind of in for the long haul, too. And I know it's been a bumpy road lately, but I don't could talk about that. I'm here to talk about you. But uh, it's amazing the job security you found in this crazy profession in which you've chosen. And that 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 kind of went along with my decision making, you know, um, in leaving KU to go to K-State, a lot of it was because of what I thought would be a little bit more stability. Um, I also understood that uh, the, the hours I'd have to work and, and this and that and uh, might not see my kids for a few years, but uh, 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 the stability was important to me because it's, it's hard. It's hard moving your, your, your wife and kids around on a whim. 
Um, and then part of the decision-making uh, to not, – not the entire, but part of it, and leaving Kansas State to Oklahoma State was, well, here's another feasibly stable position um, where I can go there and, and graduate my children uh, and compete at a high level and win. It really doesn't matter where you're at. Uh, if you're not winning, it's not any fun. Right. Uh, so no, I've been I've been very fortunate to to be able to have some decent stays at a couple different programs. Yeah, and there's a there's a consistency about the winning in Stillwater that I don't think a lot of people appreciate how difficult it is. Um, maybe you don't always get over the hump to the next level, which is you know honestly Oklahoma, but yeah. uh, it happens. But still, the consistency of going to bowl after bowl after bowl is really an accomplishment in this profession. And that it's just it's that's human nature, you know. You win eight games, well, the next year they want you to win nine. You win nine, the next year they want you to win ten. You win ten, the next year you better win a, a conference championship. Um, but the reality of it is, you're 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 graduating kids, kids are moving on, you're recruiting new kids. It's just the it, consistency in college football is just difficult to maintain because. It's not in the NFL where you got where Patrick Mahomes just signed a ten year contract with the Chiefs. Well, they know their quarterback's going to be for ten years. Yeah, you know our starting quarterback's going to be a sophomore, so we got him for three more years, maybe two if he decides to leave early. Who knows? Um, so that it's just it's it. Yes, it's hard. It's hard to win every year. But you got a and good one. <laughs> we got a good one. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, it, and, and you know I think Coach Gunny does an excellent job with with. with with the the type of kid we bring in here and the culture that we uh, surround them with. And, and for the most part, you know, they're, they're all just a good bunch of young guys that like to work hard. Hey, it's Fitz. Let's hit the pause button right here and take a little break. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, I'm going to share a story with you that uh, I I only shared one time on my other podcast, but now that you've worked directly with him, I hope you have an appreciation for this story. <clears throat> so I'm at uh, Big 12 Media Days when it was at the Ford Center down there in uh, Frisco, Texas. And uh, I, I'm in the restroom, and in walks Coach Gundy, right? And he walks up right to the stall next to me. Coach, I'm I'm staring at the mullet. And I mean, it's right, it's right there. And I had this, I had this incredible urge to touch it and I'm not making this up. I am not, this is a true freaking story. And I just, I'm peeing next to this guy and I want to reach out and stroke the mullet so badly. I can't even tell you the level of self-restraint it took. Not, it was, I mean, he's in his suit. I mean, it looked good that day. It looked sexy. <laughs> and I I'm thought, you know, touching another man's hair is weird, but while standing especially, in urinal, Especially in a restroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And kids, that's how I got punched by Mike Gundy. <laughs> now, you, now you, you could have complimented it. He, he would have he readily received a compliment. He's awful proud of it. That's, he better be. If he's going to wear it, he better, he better own it like that. That thing uh, – that – I think he just let his hair grow, and now it's grown into like a signature thing, you know, that he's, uh-huh. he doesn't want to let go of it. I mean, I'll, I'll be surprised when or if he ever cuts it off. Uh, it, what's crazy about it is I went back. Uh, I did one of these early on. I think you're number 26 of these podcasts as I came up with this idea during the pandemic and with Jenny Carlson, who was on the other end of the I'm a man, I'm 40. Uh-huh. And he didn't have his mullet then. 
And what's what's nuts about it is when you go back and watch that video, he looks crazier because he doesn't have his mullet. Yeah, you think a guy, a guy yelling with a mullet would look weirder, but no, with Coach Gundy, he looks bizarre without a mullet. It's just him. <laughs> it has become him. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I hope you don't share that with him. That's just weird. That's just weird. <laughs> uh, what what is Stillwater like? Everyone says it's a lot like Manhattan. You are probably the premium person to ask that question to. Is it really like Manhattan, Kansas? It's 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 very similar. Um, I I would say. It, it might be five to eight years behind Manhattan. Yeah, that's been my you know, when, when I first moved to Manhattan in 1994, Manhattan did not look anywhere close to what it looks like right now. Right. And you kind of saw it progress. You saw new restaurants come in, new hotels, and, you know, all of a sudden they're building convention centers and doing things like that. So I would, I would say stores behind Manhattan. But now that we've lived here for seven years, we're seeing new hotels come in. We're seeing new restaurants get built. They're cleaning up some stuff that uh, wasn't as appealing to the eye. You know, kind of just like we, we had in Manhattan. You know, they decided to clean the town up and make it nice and and, and uh, encourage new businesses to show up. And it's, it's flourished. Yeah, it, it's weird because um, the similarities to start with are they're both off the interstate. They're both mm-hmm. uniquely college towns with ag backgrounds but Stillwater has lagged behind in kind of the commercial development the the hotels and those kind of things and i don't understand why but it it, it seems to be catching up now well part of it we just you know we i don't it's been what, three or four or five years you know we got the direct flights from our small airport to dfw just like what happened to manhattan you know it's kind of the beginning all of a sudden you all of a sudden you can instead of having to drive two hours to kansas city or wichita catch flight and fly out of manhattan to, to dallas or chicago we have that in stillwater now so that's that's kind of the correlation and i don't know if that's all entirely to do with the airport but just it, it's eerily similar in that in that fashion so dailies to down to uh dfw Yep. Just like Manhattan. That's that's very interesting. And there's two or three options a day. Yep. And, but you have a Whataburger. And that, that's a big, We do have a Whataburger. That, that makes me want to move, <laughs> uh, which is the last thing I need to do. You know, you, you talk about uh, raising your family and really having an opportunity to raise your kids in a, a town like Stillwater or Manhattan is amazing. It really is amazing. Is. You, because, yeah, you can get you can get in trouble anywhere. But in those towns, everyone knows if you're doing something wrong, and they the people put you back on. Not your parents, the people around you put you back online. Yep. No, it's, it, it is. It's been a blessing, and you know, I think especially in the, the tumultuous times we're living in right now, it's kind of I'm kind of thankful I'm in the Midwest. It's a good place. It's not. It's a good place to be. Yeah, it really is. Um, I don't know if you know. Um, you mentioned how good Patrick Mahomes is as a quarterback. Well, first of all, let's touch on this. Did you realize in college he was this good? Yeah. We had him sacked twice, and he threw the ball left-handed and completed <laughs> on third downs. It's incredible. And, I mean, wrapped up, going to the ground, and he switched the ball to his left hand twice and completed third downs. I remember the, I mean, the day of the draft and the Chiefs traded up. I'm like, they're grabbing Patrick Mahomes because they saw what we all kind of witnessed this level, I'm not sure. This level, I, I don't think I appreciated that he almost has a photographic memory. He he uh, he remembers defenses, they say, in Kansas City, unlike anyone they've ever dealt with. I mean, you show him a look in the first quarter, in the third quarter, he'll, he'll get it by the first step of someone. He'll just absolutely mm-hmm. recall it, which I didn't appreciate. Uh, and when you come out of tech and you haven't huddled and you've kind of run that system where you throw the ball there, you throw the ball there, you throw the ball there, you know, that you kind of just repeat the same movements, which is why they so often have success, and, but not quarterbacks that move on to the next level. I thought he might struggle. Nope, he's fine. It's just been a no, he's, watch. He's phenomenal. It was awesome watching the Chiefs this year when I got to. It was awesome. And I assume you're a Chiefs fan growing up. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I was, uh, well, you know, I had Emmanuel Ogbaugh played for him this year. I was, I was upset when he got hurt. and I was uh, sad when they, when they didn't hang on to him, but I'm sure he's enjoying Miami also. So yeah. he's doing okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's unfortunate he had to go to Miami. Um, the reason I brought that up is because I don't know if you heard the earth-shattering news, but Whataburger is coming to Kansas City. 
Patrick Mahomes asked for it, and now they're actually going to start building. <laughs> I have a feeling that whatever Patrick Mahomes asked for, they're going to do their best spring in there. Yeah, they're going to, they, you know, first start a rumor, and then the the office in San Antonio said, yeah, we're building in Kansas City. It looks like they're going to Knoxville and Tennessee, yeah, it's too. A, it's a, it's a, it's a no-lose venture. I mean, all you got to do is put a picture of him outside and say he comes and eats here. They're going to they're gonna be sold out of Whataburgers. I know. Well, my fat ass will be driving to Lee Summit, Missouri to grab one. <laughs> they're damn good. <laughs> you mentioned Agba. I'm just curious. You played with Darren Howard. How long did it take you to find a D-end, you know, on the field that was as good as Darren? Cause that... I, I still ain't found one. Not as good as Darren. But Darren's on another level. It was a, a man. A that would have been as close to yeah. Darren, but I'm still looking for one of those. It's so long ago because uh, we're old. But I remember when Darren walked in and he was 230 some pounds, if that. And I'm like, "You're a defensive end? What the hell?" And then he gets to the NFL and he he got up to 300 playing DN and was still Darren Howard. It's not like it was uh-huh. like a slow, big, fat version of him. He's still wiping people out, and I'm like, this guy's an absolute freak. It's inc- yeah, he, special. He, he was he was gifted at birth. But that that was Bill Snyder recruiting right there, you know. Uh huh. But now it's back when we could go dig some guys up out of Florida. You know, it's a little bit tougher now. I know. I know. It, it People don't appreciate how much it's changed. All the camps, all the recruiting services, all the – there just aren't many hidden gems out there. Guys have so many opportunities to show their stuff, they get out there and do it. And it's instantaneous. It's, it's on – I can I mean, I can hang up from our phone call and watch recruiting film on my phone. It's nuts. I mean, this is studio wasn't terribly long ago. I mean, that was still VHS tape, and you had to count on a high school coach to send it in to you. I remember way back when we were doing recruiting road shows, and it was easy. I, I, I mean, I'd, it'd take me forever to put together off all the VHS tape and find all the highlights. I put together a movie and go out on the road with it. Hell, that business died because everyone can just go click, click, click and watch all the highlights they want of every kid. Every kid's got their sophomore reel, their junior reel. Their, it's incredible. There's, oh, absolutely. Instantaneous. It does make recruiting easier, but you still you still got to get hands-on, don't you? You still got to get out there and talk to them and see them in person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's still the personal relationships you got to build, and 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 it's it's all the information that you can't get from the internet. You know what makes the kid tick? Is he a good kid? Is he driven? Does is he a leader? You know all that stuff you got to get from the coaches and the assistant coaches and the high school counselors and stuff like that. So there's there's still plenty of legwork that can be beneficial, especially when you're trying to make those finite decisions between player A, player A, and player B. Yeah. I couldn't do the recruiting thing. I just couldn't sift through high school. I don't even like to call recruits now. I mean, it's part of my job. I don't know. There's, there's, not. There, there's aspects of it that I absolutely love, and there's aspects of it that I absolutely just despise. Yeah. As a guy who's getting – I mean, you're in your 40s now. Do you do you feel that that boy? This was this was a lot more fun when I was in my 20s and 30s than, than sifting through the town in the 40s. Well, I mean, I I, I, enjoy, I still enjoy the sifting part, the investigating, the, the the just pouring over hours and hours of film, just trying to find that 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 right kid. And I still I I still enjoy the investigative part of uh of uh you know talking to coaches and talking to counselors, just trying to find out more about the kid. And I enjoy the relationship part of talking to the actual kid. You know, when it when it's that part, I'm talking to the kid and his family and getting to know them and. Uh, that part's still all the same. It's it's the more of the kind of look at me atmosphere that these kids have now. Now it's all about pushing commitment videos and, and you know, and it's and there's not there's and there's not there's anything wrong with it. It's just not what I'm accustomed to. You know, it used to be the hats and now it's the videos and um, you know, blessed to have my fiftieth offer or twenty fifth offer, you know, just uh, I'm not not a big fan of all that. But that's that's the world we live in right now. So, man, that sounded like me right there. We're just grumpy old farts. <laughs> so, tell me about this team. Tell me if let's pretend this virus doesn't exist and the Cowboys and Wildcats and every get on everyone gets on the field. Uh, how good is this Oklahoma State team possibly going to be? We got a chance to be pretty good. Uh, we got a veteran team. Uh, I think we returned nine out of eleven stars on defense. Mm. I want to say. 
eight or nine out of 11 on offense. Obviously, we have two uh, very high-profile offensive threats and Tylen Wallace and Cuba Hubbard. Um, Spencer, you know, made a lot of mistakes as a redshirt freshman quarterback, so you hope he'll make less as a, as a sophomore quarterback next year. Truly, uh, Dickey's doing an amazing job with our offensive line. We've returned most of them. I think we lost two. But we had some very viable, strong young kids that have just been in the program for another year, getting bigger and stronger. So he'll be able to replace the two guys that we lost. Um, return our tight ends. Uh, I'm as deep as I've ever been on the defensive line. I return all my starters, all my backups, and really my three deep. So I got a couple of kids that are coming off a redshirt year that I'm really excited about to see what they can do. So I'm, I'm as deep as I've ever been. Um, Secondary-wise, we got a couple – possible Sunday type safeties and uh, maybe a corner uh, might be an NFL type player. And, and we got our two linebackers, our, our, our Mike and our weak side linebacker, both returns, both, both tough, good football players. Uh, so we, we got a chance to be good. I mean, we return a lot mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we've had a coaching, you know, we only lost one coach, um, lost our offensive coordinator, uh, but hired from within. So, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of continuity that sticks and, this will be year three with Jim Knowles as a defensive coordinator. And we saw a lot of improvement between year one and year two with his scheme. So hoping year three will be even better. K-State's defense was pretty good in 19, but Chuba made him look like it was amazing. He He's just right out of the mold of those great Oklahoma State running backs. He was, He's special. He's just fun to watch. And the thing about him that, that's, that's, that's pretty – I mean, he is not that experienced. I mean, he's yeah. – you know, they, they they play high school football in Canada, but it's it's a little bit different. Um, and there's so many things that he can do to improve his game, as far as running with lower pads, his pass protection, his uh, receiving skills out of the backfield. That uh, uh, which he I know he's was working really hard on all those uh, in the off season when back when we could watch. Uh, that if he starts improving on some of those aspects, you know, he could be a easily a first day draft pick. Yeah, it's. He's just got those things that a, every great running back has to have those things that you can't coach. And, and, that, and his speed is real. He's fast. He's a fast human. Yeah, it's it's incredible to watch him because he's so stout. I mean, it, just, mm-hmm. it almost shocks you when you see him get in the open the field. You're like, oh, my goodness. He's running away from defensive backs who you know are really fast, and he's carrying yep. a football with him. I'm mad at the coronavirus. I'm just kind of pissed off because I have a feeling this was going to be a really fun year in the Big 12. And it still might be. I'm sounding like it's over, over. But um, it, And actually, the coronavirus might add a whole other layer of who knows what happens here. But I, I had a feeling this was going to be a, a really unique year with Oklahoma starting over at quarterback and Texas finally ticking up. And I don't know what's going on at Iowa State. They're not quite over the hump. Whenever you think they're going to get there, they don't. Uh, but I thought this league was going to be really, really competitive in 2020. I think it is. I hope we play because I think every week is going to be chaotic in this conference. It can be. I think anybody can beat anybody on any given day. Um, it's a, it's always been a fun conference to yeah. watch, and it kind of gets it kind of gets a bad label for whatever reason. But uh, it's always been a competitive conference, and uh, it's been exciting football. You look what's you look what's going on across everywhere well everybody's making fun of the big 12 five to six to eight years ago because no no one plays any defense it's just about the spread offense and every time we go into bowl games like oh yeah it's that is that it's that easy defending those spread offenses isn't it yeah and then now everybody's doing it and then the nfl's doing it so i mean it's 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 transcended uh, the game of football in my mind how miserable does that offense make it for a defensive coach uh, it, it's it's when it first started, it was horrible, completely miserable. Now it's just become normal. Yeah, it's just, it's just you're just normally miserable. Well, I mean, the first thing that they they're designed to do is get rid of the ball so quickly it takes a miracle mm-hmm. to get a sack. You just can't get enough. They just get rid of the ball, and you, you don't have time to get to the quarterback. And just when we thought it couldn't get any worse, they invented the RPO. <laughs> so I'm like, well, shit, I should be on offensive corner. So you tell me, I just make a call, and the quarterback decides whether to hand it off and it's a run or to throw it in its pass. I mean, that that's pretty damn nifty. I know. That, that one of the things that I can never explain about Bill Snyder, the ultimate control freak, was how much decision-making he left in the hands of a quarterback. 
You know, mm-hmm. they would make they make up their mind at the line of scrimmage and doing RPO type things early on. Um, it was like at some stage, Coach Snyder just let them play um, out within this incredible structure he had, but he understood that you needed that uh, spontaneity. I think to kind of well, make I, I work. I think it shows you how far ahead of the game he was and how how real genius he was. I mean, no one sees it any better than the quarterback. And if you've got a quarterback that's dialed in and can and can identify things like the Patrick Mahomes, the Colin Kleins of the world, I mean, they're deadly because there's always – it doesn't matter what defense you're in, there's always a weak spot. And, and if you call the wrong defense against the wrong play, you're in trouble. Uh, there is no foolproof defense. Right. And a quarterback can identify that. He can hurt you. There was a, a beautiful Twitter thread uh, earlier this, this pandemic. I'm talking – now about it like it's spring or summer um and uh people were arguing about who was the first quarterback really to perfect the run pass thing and michael bishop got into this thread and he answered nope to every answer everyone had because it wasn't him it was just so funny nope that's not it nope got it wrong mike really was the first guy i mean you know you just he could just do things Again, we talk about it running backs. He he brought that to the quarterback position as a guy who could throw it and run it. And really his game was all about instincts because I don't think Coach Snyder knew what he was doing half the time. But he was the first. I don't know yeah. if anybody knew what Mike was doing half the time except Mike for Mike. Do. I used to hear some funny stories in the offensive huddle that make you choke on some things, uh, especially at critical junctures in games, things that Mike would say. Um but uh, and, but that's a credit too again to Bill Snyder seeing seeing a quarterback in some in some way that no one else saw a quarterback. Yep, and I think K State's the only one that recruited him as a quarterback. It's true. Yeah, it's absolutely true. I, I wonder. I, I want to get you. You talked about the NFL going to more of this uh, spread type of concepts. I think Mike would have had a better chance now than he did when he came out in '98. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I mean. He was just put into too much that old NFL structure, and that's not Mike. I mean, that's there's no doubt. If he if he if he played in today's game, there's no doubt. Again, one of the most incredible athletes you've ever been around, hands down, hands down. And and and, and it's not just that. I mean, he was one of the fiercest competitors. Yeah. It didn't matter what we were doing. I think we got banned from the wreck one time because we got in a fight on the basketball court amongst each other because he didn't want us to quit on the game. Yeah. I mean, it, he was he, he was just he, – he, it didn't matter if it was checkers. It didn't matter if it was uh, cards, dice, pick up basketball. Um, he wanted to win, period. At some point, I'd be kind of come, become a savant about Kansas State sports, and I'm watching that incredible Jordan documentary, and I'm seeing Mike – Bishop, I'm seeing the, that that kind of competition where his teammates at times are like, "Dude, chill," you know. And that was Michael. People didn't appreciate that about Mike. And he'd go in the press room and just say some stuff. And Coach Snyder's like, "You're not going back in there for a while." But he had to eventually let him go in because he's Michael. He was a superstar. Uh-huh. There was such spontaneity to that football team uh, on all sides of the ball. I mean, the defense could just do incredible things. I think you guys on defense were overshadowed by that offense. but um, And, and I think of the, of the 11 starters, nine of them ended up playing in the NFL. Right. I think the only two that did was me and Travis Oaks. That's incredible. What the hell was wrong with you? Too short, didn't weigh enough, didn't weigh enough and couldn't run fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sums up the game right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, but um, – you know what's incredible about it is you were able to make enough plays where uh, they couldn't just focus on Darren or everyone else. I mean, the, there was so much skill out there. You're out there making plays, and yeah, yeah, we we had we had enough talent on that field that the it the, yeah they couldn't do that. Um, I mean, they double teamed Darren Howard. Not like I, not like I'm going to make a huge impact, but I could hold my own to a degree. But you also got. Uh, Jeff Kelly blitzing through the A or B gap. Mark Seminole, Travis Hill's coming off the year. I mean, a lot of football players out there. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. What status are you guys in? Are you doing any team organized? No. Stuff? Right now, they, this kind of discombobulated schedule. They're, the kids are they're, they're, they're having like they're having voluntary workouts. This is back in the day where, as coaches, we can't be associated with them. Um, but come, I want to say July 11th, don't quote me on the date, um, somewhere around there, 
they become mandatory workouts where we can go participate in them. And then we can have uh, hopefully in-person meetings by that time, but I don't know if that's going to be allowed. And then the, the, they have that six week protocol going in. I think for us is July 23rd, which basically have like two weeks of basically old school NFL OTAs along with workouts. And um, after those, that two week period is over, we get into training camp. Oh, man, kids these days don't know what that's like. They don't. They don't know what it's going to be like with that prolonged period. I talked to some old dogs like Jamie Mendez, who talked about Coach Snyder with no, no real restrictions on him. The amount they practiced, it was incredible. Oh yeah, <laughs> I tried. I tried to tell guys what what Wildcat Day used to be like. <laughs> I tried to describe, it, and they don't believe me. In fact, no way. I swear to you, four practices, you never left the practice field. In between practice, I think it's two and three. They gave you a coke. You had a coke break. That's amazing. Can you imagine trying to do that nowadays? Can you even fathom doing no. that? No. But one, it's illegal. They, 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 they really, you really can't do it nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd have a revolt. Yeah, well, number one, someone would take to Twitter and you'd be in big trouble. So uh-huh. uh, that's uh, that's how it works. Well, Coach, it's good talking to you. I, I, I uh, wish you continued success and uh Let's get back to playing some football, man. This is nah. this is uh, God willing, we will. What, Coach, love you, man. It's good to talk to you. I'm glad you and the family are doing great, and uh, hang in there. We'll, we'll, get Likewise, some, we'll get some football in here. I swear to God, we will. We will if, if not, maybe if not, maybe a cold beer so long someday. Absolutely. Let me know if you're in, when you're in town. Let's do that. that I will. I will do that. Good. Okay, Coach. Good to talk to you. All right. Okay. You too. I never blamed Joe Bob for leaving K-State after the 2012 season. Bill Snyder's first retirement left him and others unemployed, and no one knew for sure when the second retirement would take place. But following the 13 or 14 seasons seemed to make a lot of sense. Snyder, of course, kept grinding through 2018, and by then Clements was anchored at OSU as a mainstay on Gundy's staff. It was great to spend some time with my longtime friend. Finally, men 45 and older, go get your PSA scored. The prostate-specific antigen score is a simple blood test that aids in the early detection of prostate cancer. Take care, everyone. I'll talk to you real soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.